Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. I'm Jerry Crispin, and uh, my partner in crime, Chris Hoyt, uh, is uh, missing in action. He is, and I'm, I'm very transparent. He's he's getting a puppy today, I think. Isn't that right, Shannon? No, next week. It got oh, delayed. Well, there was something he had to do with a puppy that was... That it was, was supposed to come today, but I think it had a little infection. So oh, bummer. I know. Poor Chris. Those are the things that uh, kind of get in, get in the way of a variety of things. But the goal here would be to have a conversation for a while on anything that's changed over the last week or so that's starting to crop up um, in your thinking relative to how you are handling issues. I have one one quick story to share that Kathy Hennessy, actually, who's here, is aware of. And it started um, a few weeks ago when Kathy made a note in one of our exchanges that said that she had she had heard or had seen in some way, shape, or form that uh, New York uh, state government was making phone calls to a lot of healthcare workers who had left New York and were contacting them, doing some sourcing to contact them, engage them, and get them to come back as volunteers. And in fact, despite uh, a variety of uh, interesting stories about how that worked well or didn't work well uh, over the course of some time, Kathy was tr- trying to track down uh, who might be involved that might might have been an external source that she could have used. And one of the connections that I I suggested for her was was David, and she was aware of that. And uh, they did talk, and and he was a little bit helpful in in identifying some of the problems around that whole process in terms of where people showed up and not is the head of talent acquisition for uh, New York Presbyterian Hospital, which for those of you who know where that is, that's in the center of, of a lot of the problems that uh, have been cropping up in New York in relation to how hospitals are handling that. So my story uh, basically starts last week. David basically called and said he had some issues that he wanted to try and address, but he was working like 20 hours a day. So he wanted to see if he could talk to me over the weekend. So we talked on Sunday. And on Sunday, uh, he had some actually fascinating stories about problems he's had in hiring, as you can imagine, during this challenge. He currently has uh, one of our members, Intermountain Healthcare, sent a plane load of nurses to him. He also had about a hundred doctors from the Army. He was kind of loaded up, and he was <laughs> breathing a little bit better, even though his hair was on fire, at least what, what hair he had. He's almost as bald as I am. And basically, he had two issues. One, uh, he he related a fascinating story about trying to hire laundry workers, which you would think might be an easy kind of thing. But apparently, laundry workers who've not worked in a hospital um, have some real interesting problems in terms of how they how they choose to be there or not. So he was having some uh, some difficulty in keeping them if they showed up. They were leaving in about an hour. And and obviously, after he made uh, offers to them, many of them talked to their spouses and other others who basically said, that's a crazy idea. You're not going there. And so they never showed up. So there was a, there was a bit of that. And I, I told him that, you know, your stories about the problems and challenges that you faced in hiring in New York in the midst of this crisis 
would be fascinating to uh, some of our members. We have seven or eight hospital systems. Kathy heads up a part of that uh, TA in uh, Advent Health in Florida, which has 92,000 workers. So it, it would, those, those folks who haven't necessarily gotten to the level that uh, David has would probably be fascinated by um, some of those issues and might have some nice takeaways from that. So he agreed to do a um, webinar for us next Tuesday, actually, in the evening. And so we, we already have about five or six of our healthcare systems or everyone decided they would sign up and have that conversation. So that is taking place next week. And obviously anybody else who's a member would, who wants to listen in, he's also interested in dialysis workers. And so I connected him to another member, Kristen Despamas at um, Vita. And she got on the phone with him on Sunday and then on Monday connected him to the American Nephrology Nursing Association. So he's trying to solve particular problems. So it's kind of it. it what it does for me is uh, uh, it's, there's a certain satisfaction in the fact that our community is acting as a community, and there are folks outside of our community trying to tap in as well to be helpful. And I think that's uh, that's a good sign always uh, from that perspective. So just in terms of uh, things that are changing or improving or causing you to <laughs> to look at challenges. I'll pick on a couple of you. I'll start with you, Brent. Um, Dell's almost a, a fun one to deal with from that point of view. Uh, are, are things in a steady state now or, or yeah, are things um, putting your hair on fire? No, I, 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 I'd say it's calmed down. So what we've done, so we've gone from 5,000 open recs down to less than 200 open recs. We're keeping all our recruiters, um, except for the contract recruiters. So, um, but, um, in general, our, Dell's whole approach to all of this is the last thing we want to do is let our employees go or be furloughed or whatever. So we're doing all kinds of other things in terms of cost savings, but, but not that. What we've done with our recruiters is we've done, we decided to go sort of on the offensive instead of on the defensive and really go after building talent pools, specifically diversity talent pools for us, both females across the globe and then a, a couple of underrepresented minorities in the U.S. And so. Um, so that's where we're keeping people busy um, and putting all our weight and efforts onto that instead, um, giving people targets every week of what they need to achieve so they have something to do and they don't think they're on vacation, um, even though for some it may feel like that still. So um, so it, it, it's calmed down a bit um, for us, and that's that's where we're focusing our efforts at Dell. And then the summer intern program, which I've talked about ad nauseum to people, um, it's coming together pretty well, so I think we're going to we'll have a good story to tell when we're done with this. So. So that's, that's interesting. I, how many of you are still um, at a point at which you're keeping most of your workers? Uh, this is Charlotte with Waste Management. We are not conducting any layoffs at all during the pandemic, and our CEO made a public statement that as well. Okay, thank you. There's, there's one of the things that, that's been – so obvious over the last four weeks uh, is most of the companies that are uh, where there is layoffs are calling them furloughed and implicit in that, even though there's no standard definition of what that means. And I, I see Brent smiling and others smiling because boy, that's, that's been a conversation on a number of recent zoom meetings that I've been on in panels 
is that um, uh, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's going to be an issue at the end of this because the percep- the real perception for that standard is going to be in the mind of the person who was told they're furloughed. Yeah. So, hey, Jerry, it's Melissa Thompson at yeah, uh, Nielsen. Uh, so we're furloughing some people at 100% and we're furloughing other people at 60%, which means they would work three days a week. And our uh, attorneys have been wicked clear. If you are um, a a three day a week person, you're not allowed to answer the phone or a text or pop into a meeting. Not even if you're exempt, you are just allowed to work those three eight hour days and nothing else. And so we're working through the the nits and nats of that now. And I've I've stood on the table as much as I possibly can. I'm I'm off the table now. But I, I was like, you know, it, it's going to pick back up and you guys are going to look at me and say, go. And I'm like, I got there's no there's no gas in the tank. <laughs> We're going to have to walk the 20 miles for gas before we can go. But we are where we are. So and I, I know there's others who are furloughing workers with with benefits or some benefits. Uh, and there are others that by and large are saying you're furloughed in the sense that I would love to have you back, but I can't afford to do anything with you. So I'm sure it's all over the map. What about Dawn? What are you guys doing with Uber? Well, we're reducing our EXT hours right now globally for recruiting, but we also are, um, we have, a, we have about 80 recruiters and talent acquisition partners throughout Uber. Uh, and other areas of the business, they're, maybe they're in sales or Uber Eats or freight, uh, where we need help um, in lines of business. So uh, we have a whole kind of mini gig environment happening um, where we employees can raise their hands uh, to go work in those areas for right now. And some of that could be a two-month assignment, you know, two-hour assignment a week. So, yeah, it varies. Okay, that's cool. The other thing is I'm curious about and I wanted to ask so Sarah at Marriott, I know you, Hilton, and literally every hotel has had significant furloughs that, that have gone on. And you've also had, because of your position, the ability to have some partnerships with folks who are doing surge hiring, like a CVS and a few others. So I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not you're getting any feedback from those furloughed workers who are making connections, are you hearing anything from them or are you establishing some kind of communication with them? Because it seems to me you want to keep them somewhat warm should you be able to begin to open. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, I work on the um, TA team specifically for our university hiring, as is my colleague, Marissa, who's on the phone. But we um, are a, a small portion of our greater TA team. And we do have associates who we are saying, you know what, you're not working at the moment. We highly encourage you to go out and get a temporary, a part-time job. If that ultimately does shift to you wanting to go work for that company permanently, I mean, certainly it would be a loss for us, but you have to do what you have to do, but we are tracking those um, associates who do sign up for those jobs and um, ultimately take them. So we, to your point, have kind of a keep warm strategy to make sure we know kind of where people are and what's going on with them. Um, And um, we have two sort of um, factions, some for our hourly workforce, as well as some for our management workforce that are doing more of those like remote type positions. Um, for for like our corporate headquarters and things like that. 
And we don't currently have kind of the numbers as to how many have secured jobs at this point. You know, there are a lot of people at headquarters that have also been um, affected. So there's less people pulling those reports at this point, but the ability and the tracking has been put into place. So that'll be something, you know, as our hotels start to come back um, that they'll be kind of looking more closely at, but we don't have the, the numbers for this call. Yeah. Anybody else seeing uh, either changes or or some of the learnings that that's going through as as you're moving along? How about you, Brad? Yeah, we've we're still hiring. We've gone through a reprioritization, like a lot of us have. So loads are coming down. Figuring out idle hands is is the next thing. Um, but the other area we're looking at, and and I did want to pose it to this group, is we're starting to look at what we're really calling the gig economy of those people that physically have to stay at home because they could be high risk or you know, they just, you know, looking at the parent, there's a whole lot of reasons why they can't come back to the office, mm-hmm. how we can get those home workers connected up with random projects in the company so we can make them productive because we could have quite a few people, if this goes on for another year, that can't physically come to the office. We don't want to let them go, but how do we get them into projects that can can add a lot of value to the to the team? That's that's where we're starting to to think about that next phase of internal job matching and sort of like a gig economy. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, because this this is Kathy. Um, we're looking at it for the summer because you know we're already talking to parents that are hearing like they would normally take their kids to summer camps or put them in day day yeah. summer camps, right? And they're hearing that those may not exist. So then what, right? Then they're going to have to stay home with their children, yep. you know, potentially all summer long um, and not be able to come to work, mm-hmm. right? And so we're going to have to deal with that just like can't go to school. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. That our ramp is going to go up. We've we've looked at the data and seen how the ramp occurs with, with surgery. Surgeries are going to have to come back there's people still got to have their surgeries and they just right. can't wait another year. So we're expecting that that comes back. What volume? Yeah, they're, they're working on those things internally. Sure. But in the interim is how do we, how do we get, it's like internal movement on steroids. From my point of view, it, it sounds like a very interesting workforce planning issue that where in the past you would look at, you know, how many people are planned to retire. You yeah. now have a whole set of uh, questions under uncertainty about how many people are self-declare that they are too compromised to come to work, but still want to want to not be on long-term disability? Because right. that's what it sounds like. That would be the the critical issue around some of your policies. So, so finding a way to make them useful uh, without necessarily uh, compromising them uh, in relation to their job or their use of of your policies, which are going to be costly from that yeah. point of view. Interesting right. issue, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of platforms that a few people on the team know, so we're, we could do it quite easily or manually, but then how do you do the matching? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that we're still very early early stages of thinking about right now. This is Shalia. One of the things that we're focusing on, which we probably didn't do enough of, was internal mobility. So as soon as we turned off the switch externally, then, then right at that point, we made the decision that we could now pair two things together. One was the fact that how many of our jobs could now be done virtually or remotely? And two, why don't we invest more in our internal employees? And so we flipped the switch and um, made all of our jobs internally only. And it's become very unique because 
if you're a great manager and you did well by your team, your team members may be looking for development but may not move. But if you've not been that great of a manager or not done a lot in terms of, um, I'm going to say, coaching with your team members, you're seeing them take this opportunity to look for other jobs internally. Um, and then they're leaving your team, which is very unique for some of the managers. That's interesting. Yeah. What else? Any questions coming up for folks? Are you, those of you who are furloughed workers, are you providing them with information about where they might find a job if, in fact, you're expecting that they might try to do that? And I've got a reason for asking because I'm putting together a directory <laughs> on, on resources where people might be able to find jobs or find workers if they're doing some search hiring. And, and another reason for asking this thing about furloughed workers is you've obviously got to be able to keep them warm in some way, shape, or form engaging them. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to predict degree to which you're going to convert them to come back. I think it also depends on the country because when you say furloughed and you say U.S., that means you can get unemployment, whatever. Furloughed in other countries means they're just being subsidized. So my employees that are furloughed in other countries um, that are being subsidized by the country government, they have, they're, they're not working. They're not looking for jobs or anything. But the ones that, you know, in the U.S., I've just had to go into that situation and we're only doing one, two days a month. We're asking them to furlough for two days a month. And I think that's wonderful given that, you know, our recs are not external anymore. But I've asked them, are there other things that they needed? And they were more understanding to know that they were furloughed, had jobs. And then I could also tell them how long they would be furloughed. That's interesting. Okay, that that helps me from a headset point of view. I, I you know, we know that there's so many differences, uh, country to country, uh, that fun and fundamentally, you know, many of the European countries have, in fact, fully are fully paying. I'm curious, is anybody else asking for, you know, taking making time time off or before they would furlough them? We actually, Jerry, have had a huge switch or 180. So because we're not having a surge like expected, um, and our hospitals are really low census, we're turning off all recs of, as of tomorrow. So it's like 5,000 recs. And, um, but it's because, you know, we're just, we're not, we're not having that revenue come in, right? And so it doesn't make sense to keep full throttle of hiring. Um, we have, model, model says we have plenty of people. We're not going to furlough the recruiters. Um, we're going to continue to build pipelines. Um, but I think they're one of the things that they're looking at. Um, our CEO is also committed to not furloughing or laying off anybody. Um, but we are forcing everybody to take vacation in the summer. Um, if you're a manager and above, you have to take two weeks. If you're below, you have to take a week. And we're offering sabbaticals with job protection if you want to take four to six weeks off. However, unpaid or PDO. We're looking at other things, you know, do you cut, has anybody cut tuition reimbursements or any other big chunks of change before they furlough somebody? I like the idea if you had to, you know, take a couple of days off just to protect a few people. It's interesting. Hey, Kathy, it's Carrie from Intermountain. And hi there. Yeah. So one of the things that happened to us is we were preparing to to transition from Talent Link to Workday when all of the COVID stuff broke out. So we had actually went through a pause period where we took all of our positions that were posted down. And so it almost happened at the perfect time. So what we ended up doing is um, deciding not to go to Workday 
And then we kept all of our positions down and they all have to be approved through the, the VP ELT level now. And so we haven't had, I mean, we normally have like 1400 positions posted as a, at a time with like, um, we're recruiting about 2000 people in those positions in those requisitions. And so what we did is um, we, we implemented a redeployment um, process where where we have people that aren't working in different areas, like in the ORs, of course, there's not um, any work going on there that we're redeploying those people into different areas so that um, they might be greeters now, or they might be working as a, um, as a, as a, someone who's answering questions from an employee health perspective. And so we've done a lot of redeployment. And instead of hiring, we're redeploying into those positions that we would have normally been hiring in. So, but it's a fine day, dance, but that's what yes. we've been doing. Yeah, we, we've also been uh, working on that kind of redeployment angle as well, just sending staff to other departments that need help, trying to presented as a, you know, it is an opportunity for professional development. Some staff are having opportunities to be in departments that they wanted to be in and have never had the chance to. So that's been nice. And it's good to hear your suggestions for avoiding furloughs and layoffs because we're heading down that route. Despite that, anyway, you know, we've, we've made a new change. We've implemented a new policy, whereas before we were giving, um, you know, we we're paying people whether or not they're working. And as of the beginning of May, we're only going to pay non-exact employees for the hours that they work. So even the redeployment and department asking, you know, requesting for support and us being able to redeploy staff there, we anticipate that, that those requests will go down as staff are now scrambling to pick up hours. So, Sure. Yeah, we're definitely into the re redeployment as well. Um, but now, you know, are going to work the recruiters on that mix. But there's there's lots of other areas that they can go um, and work in. I mean, employee relations is high with certainly all different kinds of accommodations because high-risk people can't work in the hospital. And um, so there's lots of opportunities to go to other HR areas to help. So yeah, the recruiters are good, High Spirit. We, our approval is all the way to the CEO top. Um, has to approve recs because we just did a dance for a month of trying to get them to cut the recs and they wouldn't do it. So he just said, okay, we'll take them all down now. So our career website doesn't show, isn't going to show they're all down. We substituted with the account form um, with Smashfly and we are um, actually sending people to brazen uh, chats um, so they can talk about different things and we'll staff all different subjects. RNs, career advice, um, different areas, and having chats with them, and just having the recruiters man those chats. So it's been really high touch, kind of fun to man. Cool. Yeah, Kathy, kind of um, bouncing off of what you had said. So this is Kelsey from Gartner. Um, we've made it a pretty much baseline that we are not going to be furloughing, laying off any employee across any of our business units. I think that's the goal. Um, some of the ways, obviously having to think about some of those more, what we would call potentially frivolous benefits. Like we have, um, some kind of like health benefits as far as like getting active, staying healthy, not our actual health insurance, um, tuition reimbursement, things along those lines that we're looking at cutting for now to make sure that we don't have to cut roles or jobs. Um, and then as far as the, um, 
kind of like redeployment redistribution, the entire HR team talent acquisition is looking at what sorts of things do we wish that we had time to do and are working on those sorts of things now. So looking at these various projects that we know would be a really great thing to have that we've just always been so go, 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 trying to fill recs, trying to um, maintain programs that now we have time for that people are being pulled into to do the, to do those stretch projects or join, join different project or program teams. Sure. That's great. Yeah. I, I have a long wish list of things. Um, but I'm trying to offer them to the hospitals first because there are positions there they need first before I do those projects. But I think it's great. Lots I of like the way I like the idea of making lists of, of yeah. things that you would love to do. Um, at worst case, you can put it in a tomorrow file, but, but sometimes a, a lot of those can come out uh, at various times. So this, this might be one of those. We yeah, created. I- the well, I called the bitter list, the balls in the air, because you just know there's a hundred balls in the air, and everybody just keeps adding to the bitter list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see Amanda, you comment about the the force PTO. I mean, that's a that's a huge chunk of change. I mean, we have people with four hundred hours plus banked. You know, that's a huge liability on your books to carry forward. So it's definitely something for finance to look at. Okay, what else, Brad? You think it's uh, useful to talk a little bit about what we're up to, or no? Sure. Something that spurred out of a conversation on one of the very, very first calls of this was the collaboration and partnership between CVS and I think it was Hilton or Marriott, whichever one it was. And it was someone's laying off 50,000, someone needs to hire 50,000. In a drunken Friday night, some conversations happened between Chris and I of could we build a marketplace pulling together vendors to make this happen? Well, since then, Jerry's been spearheading with Chris and a whole lot of vendors have got together and we think we've got a solution that we're thinking will come out later this week and it's basically a marketplace where out-of-work recruiters can sign up and we'll be scraping all of the jobs for people that have recruiting jobs. So it's basically a connecting of the two together We've had a lot of vendors involved in it with, you know, smart recruiters and a little vendor called Consider has basically formulated the bulk of this that made it all work. Any company that wants to participate has to do nothing except tell us you want us to scrape your career site and any job that you've got on there for anything related to talent acquisition would be brought into the platform just to be able to connect the two together. We think that if this works, if it works, we could spin it up in any other industries. I, I, there's one key issue, though, that I think um, needs to be upfront, and that is uh, we wanted to make it a little, we wanted to differentiate it between a number of other things that are being uh, set up and stepped up. We want to be able to um, share what they're doing, but also recognize that this would be a little different because uh, it requires the employers agree to a code of conduct in how they treat candidates. And that didn't come uh, from me, to be honest with you. That came from um, uh, several of the members. I know Sarah Smart at Hilton, um, Marie Artem, a couple others, uh, voiced very strong conviction that the people that they were letting go uh, needed to be treated well and that they did not want to be recommending solutions for this COVID uh, time if, if in fact they could not control the fact that the, the, the people who would be hiring their, their workers that they were letting go, uh, weren't treating them well. And, and naturally I, I was very excited by that as, as would be a number of folks uh, who are members. 
And, and so the code of conduct really requires three things. One, setting expectations. Two, delivering on those expectations. And three, no black hole. And, and we will have a, a mechanism for asking the candidates who are recruiters as part of their involvement with this platform uh, to uh, respond to a survey that basically asks whether the people who touch them, in fact, met the code of conduct. And then uh, those who uh, did not, and I hope there's only a few, I would make a phone call to. Um, so that, that makes it a little bit different. And while it may not have the universe of jobs for recruiters, it may also be a place where recruiters can feel comfortable coming, doing some crowdsourcing, talking to one another, recruiters talking to one another, um, and being able to share uh, the places where if they weren't able to stay with the company that they're at, there might be a place where they could go. So as, as Brent mentioned, that some of their contract recruiters may not have the ability to work with them right now. It may be a place where they could find a work as well. So those are some of the kinds of, that's, it's a narrow view of what we're trying to accomplish. But I do think um, it's it's where we could get the technology to come together and talk to one another. When we tried a broader view, the technology companies pretty much said, oh, we're all doing our own thing in our own way and, and we're going in those directions. You know, from your viewpoint, Brad, because I know you've been very intimate in terms of uh, helping um, design key pieces to this. Do you think we'll be in a position for a soft launch within the week? Yes. Soft being the operative word. I think we, we've come a long way in the last 24 hours. The scraping is done. I think just adding adding more customers to it will be easy. The, the communication's done, video's done. I think we're pretty close. I'm, I'm hoping we get something out by the end of the week. We uh, we pre-approved every every uh, Career Crossroads member and and everyone who has won the Candidate Experience Awards. We just have to re- we just have to let them know that they've been pre-approved. And, and need to go register and agree to the code of conduct. <laughs> so what do folks think on the call? Is this something that you think will be valuable for your teams, especially those that are they're getting furloughed or let go? Yeah, some of you are hearing this for the first time. Some of you may not, may already know. But uh, what do you think, Brent, Dawn, Melissa? Yeah, Marissa? I think it's a good idea. I think Uber's already, Danielle mentioned it at our talk meeting, so I believe Uber. I know she's been involved. In yeah. So we we it, we are part of that. So yeah. Cool. Okay. And it might be worthwhile once we get this soft soft launch to to get it out to this group, and you guys can be the first round of you know, putting it through its paces and make sure we haven't missed anything. Yeah. We we do know that uh, a sample scrape, if you will, of all of our of of essentially the the majority of that 250 companies uh, yields currently a couple hundred jobs for recruiters. So it's not like a universe of a million things out there, but it's also not zero either. Um, and so that can be useful for those folks uh, in that area. Thanks. Appreciate you listening to that. Anything else? Who do we, is there anybody that we haven't, who hasn't had a chance to share just looking at it, we've got quite a few people either on the phone or, or yeah, just listening and, and pretty much on the phone. This is Kelsey, yeah. and I do have a quick question. 
Sure. So those of you who are working on like keep warm for people that you've had to furlough or you're pipelining, but you have to keep them warm until you're able to actually hire, what sorts of things are you currently planning to be able to keep those um, students and candidates warm throughout the summer and into the fall? Hey, Kelsey, it's Don. Um, for Uber, we've kind of mapped out all of the industry side. We haven't even started to map out the UR side. Um, so I, it's something we are going to do over the next, you know, three to four weeks and uh, before we start launching Rex for next year, even if we launch Rex for next year or what those plans are. Um, but, yeah, we definitely are going to test into some things related to how we're going to uh, future ready pipeline. So, yeah, if I once we get there, I'm more than happy to share um, what we have and what we're thinking. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks, Don. There we go. We're, we're obviously there's a lot of ways that we can share. There's a lot, still a lot of conversation that's going on in the in the exchanges. Um, and I, I've got some uh, some ideas for how we might be able to summarize some of the information that comes out of these conversations because there are a lot of ideas being generated. People are experimenting with a lot of different things. I think every one of you is trying things, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, and sometimes you have to shift. We had a, um, um, a discussion of folks who are in EMEA around the week before, I think, and we had several team leaders on, and, one, and all of them seem to have come to the same conclusion that as a team leader talking to their teams of recruiters, they were having a morning meeting each morning in which there was no discussion about the work of the day, but there was simply a discussion of how are you? I thought that was fascinating and culturally appropriate given, uh, given the times, the place and where things were two weeks ago, you know, in, in EMEA. But it also suggests to me that while most of us have teams that are, you know, hard at work and trying to do stuff, they also have a whole variety of different kinds of anxieties relative to themselves, their, their parents, their spouses, their whatever. And, and fundamentally getting beyond that, um, this offers an opportunity because they don't have as much time opportunity to talk to people that this, this offered an interesting way for people to build community in the company. And um, and I think that that's what we're going to see significantly downstream is a shift or a pivot from a network kind of organization to one that's much more community oriented in a lot of companies. And I, I think that's going to be a key issue for a lot of people to think about because it'll shift organizational structure. It'll shift strategy. It'll shift the kind of leadership that's necessary to succeed. Um, and there's going to be a lot of adjustments in a number of different companies and others won't have to adjust at all. Give yourselves oh, a hand. Thank you for being here. We're trying to do this every, every other week now. Uh, we'll see how it works. And, uh, you know, I mean, we just want to be here as long as it takes from that, that perspective. Um, if you know of others, uh, who are colleagues and peers who you think should participate or could participate, feel free to invite them. Uh, we keep it open from that perspective, but look forward to seeing you guys again. Uh, have a, have a great day.
Thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks. 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 Happy hour. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,